0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Josh Dernosek from Aldo Products. Um, now, according to one of North Carolina's favorite sons, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs>
0: very, very true is it, very it true. is
1: but, but of course if you're a Carolina fan a Hornets fan just a basketball fan in general or if you you know just not living under a rock the last year you know that was Michael Jordan talking about his Jordan brand and the Carolina football team but what I want to talk to you about is roofing and uh, with all of the, the housing market going insane here recently, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that you can can let us know. But the the next guest uh, specializes in keeping your roof solid under our Carolina blue skies. Josh uh, is the Southeast Regional Sales Manager for Aldo Products whose roof coatings keep the rain and weather outside your home where it belongs instead of pouring down from your ceiling into your living room. We are excited to learn a little bit more about your brand and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast, Josh.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate y'all having me on. i um, appreciate being able to have this opportunity and, and certainly talk to you guys about what we do and uh, how we do it and uh, what makes us different from some of our competition, uh, even though we might not be one of the bigger, more household names out there. Um, we are, uh, again, a commercial and industrial roof coating company, so we're not necessarily dealing with residential buildings and not necessarily dealing with homes, but... Um, But we do a lot with residential when it comes to condominiums and, and, you know, those kind of things, especially in Florida where this very tall high rises are prevalent for sure. So. Thanks again. Thanks for
2: having hey, me. Well, yeah, man. Thank always. you for joining us, Brian. Great introduction. As I try. Always. I try. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so you you should be comfortable behind the mic. You're a communications grad from App State, if I'm not mistaken. And man, what in the world led you to the roof coatings business?
0: Oh, my gosh, man. It is, um, it's a bit of a story, so I'll try to spare us on time. But, uh, I did graduate from Appalachian State with a, what I like to call as a, as a BS and BS. <laughs> I, have a, I have a Bachelor of Science in, uh, public relations, uh, which was a, a specialty in the communications field. And then I've got a marketing minor. So I've always enjoyed, um, kind of what you guys do on the branding side. I mean, I've always related well to that and I've always enjoyed that side. When I first graduated, I was uh, a typical 23 year old, had no experience, you know. So what do you do? The only experience I had was in the restaurant industry. Because of that, I found myself in restaurants, which then matriculated its way into catering, and events, and then with Marriott. And then, long story short, I was uh, with a company, local company in town called Party Reflections, who then I met um, through a mutual sales force that I do every morning, every Friday morning. Um, I went in there one day and I said to the the facilitator, and I said, "Hey." I need to change. Right. I think we all kind of hit a point in our lives where where you need to change. So I went to him and I said, here's what I'm looking for. I would like to to be on an outside sales role. And I would like to to really stretch my boundaries there. And he said, you know what, you need to have lunch with Bob Brink, who is the president of our company. And him and I had lunch about a week later. And long story short, I've been there for four years now. So uh, it's been a great opportunity, um, great small company, things that I really appreciate. I've had the experience with larger companies. Um, so this gives us the opportunity to be entrepreneurial, uh, to build the brand, you know, which is where you guys mm-hmm. come into play and help us with a lot of that stuff as well. Um, but really turn on a dime when we need to and, and and grow this thing to where we all want it to be. Yeah. So
1: I'm, I don't want to say recently, but three years ago, I was lucky enough to make the leap from an industry that, that I was successful in, but one that I never really had much passion around. I really wanted to find purpose in my life. So I congratulate you for taking that step and and leaping into an industry that you might have no idea what it was doing or what was the industry was about four years ago. Tell me when you got to that point, I think there's a lot of people in life that get stuck, they get comfortable They don't want to take that leap because it's like, well, what if it's not a good opportunity? What finally made you go? You know what? I'm going to go do something for me. I'm going to make that next step. I'm going to go into a different industry because I'd love to see where you got to that point. So I'm ready to go because I think a lot of people need to hear that. Listen, if you are not happy, if you don't have a purpose, go find it. You only have one life to live.
0: Right. Um, For me, I'd always been told because of my personality and my um my personality and and just how I'm geared, uh, I would be good in sales, but to be good in sales or to have an opportunity, you got to be able to get an opportunity, right. And you got to be able to get your foot in the door to get into that. And being in this, uh, class kind of made me, it's, it's Sandler sales training for anybody that doesn't know. And the facilitators in Valentine by the name of Jim Dunn, great guy. Um, even more, um, He's a great trainer, but even better person. And he helps you kind of come out of your shell a little bit. So uh, you know, some of it was forced, but some of it was, I, I need a change. I need to get out of this. I wasn't going to get where I wanted to get on a personal level um, being in the hospitality field, at least for me. So, uh, so yeah, a little bit of it was a leap of faith. I knew nothing about this industry. I knew nothing about roof coatings four years ago. I mean, I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, so, uh, and then just this week we were in Nashville for the International Roofing Expo, which is the largest roofing convention in the world. And, you know, we're one of probably 2,500 vendors, you know, so there's a lot of competition out there. It's in a magnificent world that once you're in it, you're never going to leave, you know, so I've just really enjoyed it. And, and, and it was nerve wracking at first, you know, honestly. And, uh, and I did take a step back, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, pay and things like that, that first year, but then, uh, you know, and everything's not about how much money you make, obviously, but then um, the second, third, and now fourth year, I've I've increased much farther and and faster than I would have anywhere else, especially in any kind of corporate environment.
1: That's amazing and good for you. I mean, that's the type of stories that we want to bring onto the podcast because I think some people kind of need a kick in the ass every once in a while to say like, look, you don't have to just do something that you're miserable with every day. Right. right, Wake up and be happy to go to work. Wake Absolutely. up and be excited to go to a conference because you get to, to to learn from other people and you get to pick the brains of other roofing companies or, or other companies that are very similar. So I'm proud of you for doing that, man. I, I did it and, and I literally thank God for Scott Dunstan and the Dunstan Group every day. And my wife does... Probably even more than I do. So we'll uh, we'll keep leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, that's but awesome. thanks, but bud. Yeah, yeah. appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So um, who, who knew
2: you were going to be a podcast host? God, you know?
1: I, I, you know what? I didn't even know what <laughs> this world was about three and a half years ago. I mean, I met Scott in at CrossFit probably seven years ago. Thought it was cool, but never really thought I would actually work here. And now, after three years of really trying to build my personal brand into a different direction, I feel that I'm dangerous as anybody in the industry. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. it's fun. Um, I love what I do. So get, doing this podcast is just a, a, an added bonus. Um, but anyways, enough about me. It's all yeah, about let's, you. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I can certainly relate to your, to your Welcome to, your... to the Brian Young podcast <laughs> yeah. over here.
2: How do you, so is it is it Aldo or Aldo? Aldo. Products. Aldo okay, Aldo, so yep. Aldo Products. How,
0: Not to be confused with the shoes, guys. This right. is a roof. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the company. Tell us about the culture uh, tell us about what you found uh, in your time there, four years. How you guys go to market? Who you're? You know, there there are a lot of questions there. I get it, but just give us yeah. an overall basis of what what's so, happening here.
0: So the company itself is is 40 years old. We're in the we're in the 40th uh, year of life. It's a privately owned company um, that was originally founded uh, by a German-born chemist. And and the running joke is is the story goes is that he came to uh, Chicago area, somewhere in Illinois, for a job interview back in the late 60s. And um, his wife wondered why he was going to come to Chicago. Or you know, He had never been to the United States. He had no intentions of taking the job. But he came anyway because he had never been. He wanted to have a, a chance to, to visit the United States. Um, so once he got here, took the job, or uh, took the uh, interview, called his wife a couple hours later and said, Honey, I took the job. Right, so that that moved them to to the states, and uh, he worked in that industry, and he's a chemist. So he worked in roof coatings and stuff back in the late '60s, and he ended up moving to uh, Kannapolis, North Carolina, in like the early '70s, and incorporating the business because his current company had had been acquired by a, a competitor or another company, and he had no interests of working for them. So uh, he moved to North Carolina, Kannapolis, at the time because. If anybody from North Carolina, like you said, Brian knew that in those days, the middle of the state, North Carolina was the hotbed for the furniture industry. And some of his biggest clients were, uh, furniture manufacturers. And he so he made adhesives and sealants in that business. And so, so that's why they moved right in the middle of Kannapolis and, and were very successful for a very long time, um, primarily doing some some OEM manufacturing so basically making products for other people and they'd give him the recipes and he'd mix them and manufacture them and then about 20 years ago his son-in-law got into the business and then that's when we really kind of started the Aldo brand and that's when we started um trying to to get out of just making other people's products and start making our own products and being a sl- small family-owned tight knit company, you know, that that growth has taken some time over the last 20 years. And then I would say in the last five to you know, 10 years, we've escalated it even farther. We um, are, again, privately owned, regional based company. Um, and we have a, a pretty good, strong um, presence in the southeast. We want to grow that and we want to continue to grow that side in our branded business. And then we do also make products for some other companies as well on the private label side. Uh, One of the things about our company that kind of distinguishes us, and and I said this uh, so many times this week up in Nashville, we're kind of a unicorn in the industry um, because we make all of our own products. And and we make four of the major chemistries of roof coatings. And those would be uh, acrylic roof coatings, which are your water based. And then um, we make solvent based coatings, which are polyurethanes, uh, butyl thermoplastics, which are more of a specialty coating nowadays, and then silicone. And silicone products are, are really the niche product in this industry right now. Everybody wants a silicone, but there's less than 10 companies in the country that make it. And
1: so that's very, very interesting, innovative. And I want to learn more about the, the silicone process. So when you're doing these coatings and you're putting these onto a roof, tell me why a company should put that coating on how much longer does it prolong the life of that roof? And really, why are people moving towards silicone? What's the advantage of doing that type of a coating?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good question, actually. So, um, coatings in general, you got to think of a roof coating as a, as a almost like a sunscreen, right? You know, the, the, for the layman, a roof coating is thick paint. You know, it's a liquid applied substance and it's going to go onto your flat roof or pitched metal roof. Um, to prolong the life of that roof, like you said. And I think of it as a sunscreen because you need a good substrate or a good roof to go onto. We are only as good as what we are applied to. And, you know, think of the roof as your skin and think of our coating as the sunscreen and the sunscreen or our coating is there to protect your skin. You know, if you're obviously not going to put sunscreen on an abrasion or a a hole in your skin, it's not going to hold. So so to that point, what we do is to restore the life of a roof. And as long as they are catching that roof before it becomes too saturated because there's been holes or been neglected for too long, then the ceiling is the roof. I mean, you can you can restore that thing and you can rejuvenate that thing for years to come because, because our coatings can be recoded you know, down the route line. Standard, standard, you know, warranties are like 10 to 15 years. You know, so if you have a, you know, your roof here, as long as we catch it in good enough time, you know, we could put a system on this roof that'll prolong it for 10 to 15 years. Contractor can come back in 10 to 15 years and possibly put another coating on it. And then you got another 10 to 15 years. Is a lot of your business... And I don't want to say this as
1: reactive, but is it a lot of it? Hey, the, the roof was, was put on or the building was, was constructed five years ago. Hey, we really need to come in here and, and analyze the roof, make sure that we put the coating on. Or, and you probably do this as well, or is it more new buildings working with those contractors, working with those builders where they're putting up that building they put the roof down and then you're already coating it. It's almost like taking good skin, putting on sunscreen and making it the best it can be. If you already have burned skin, the sunscreen doesn't really help you as much, but it might, be, it might help you not get more burned per se in the future?
0: Most of it is um, older buildings that have been built, you know, because okay. on a new, on a new construction, they're going to have a, a warranty from their, their new membrane manufacturer. That's going to be 10, 15, 20, sometimes more years. Um, now that doesn't mean it's always going to last that long or other things can come up and they can um, negate that warranty prematurely. But it is all restoration type work, uh, some of it's service and repair, but most of them when we're talking about full coatings it's it's restorative uh, to get that roof back under a warranty and, and get that uh, you know building owner to to a place where they're you know feel comfortable and unfortunately, kind of there was a two pronged question there uh, a lot of it is reactionary yeah. if that's a word, but it's reactive because unfortunately. Uh, people don't think about their roof until it's too late, and that's usually when they see the water or a leak coming in. And we, tr- as a company, we really impress upon and try to help the contractors impress of service and, and maintenance and annual bi- and biannual maintenance agreements. Get some eyes on your roof at least once a year, maybe twice. And and hopefully you can stay ahead of a lot of these problems that are going to occur because you guys are, what, on the second floor of this building? If you see a leak and it's coming from the roof, I mean –
1: it ain't good. It ain't good. <laughs> right. So on the funny aspect of the business, have have there ever been any circumstances where you've gotten a call and you've gone out to a customer and you've seen a roof that is not like a coating is not going to work? Like uh, you you see a four foot hole in the roof and the guy's like, hey, can I get the coating and uh, save the day? Right. Um, tell me, don't list examples because I don't want company names here, but tell me some stories of some situations where you've gone out there
0: and it's like, wow, like how is how has the roof gotten to this point? You uh, would probably be surprised because I have been very surprised. It's it's um, Nowadays, I'm not as surprised, obviously, what you find on a roof, but you find some pretty amazing things for a lack of a better term. I bet. Um, I've been in uh, cities where you get on a roof and there's, you know, it looks like there's been a party on the roof, right? Just empty beer bottles and beer cans all over the place. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been... Um, and that's not even talking about the roof. We're thought about that, right? Was just, that's just like Fahrenheit <laughs> or something. Oh, man. Um, you know, I've been, I've been to places where, uh, I was on a roof one time and I literally saw an entire toolbox next to an HVAC unit. And, you know, HVAC guys are, are great and they're great for what they do and they're, and they're up there doing their annual maintenance. But this gentleman or, or woman left their entire toolbox up on the roof. So either they, you know, had to hightail it because they got a call and they just never came back or they forgot it or I don't know, you you know, but but back to the back to the point of what you were asking. Yeah, there have been plenty of times where we have gotten on a roof and um, you start walking around and it is so saturated. It's like a waterbed up there Um, and, and you're walking around and you're like, oh, my gosh, there is absolutely no way or or you look over and there's three inches of water just standing and pulled up, right? Or dirt has accumulated so badly in a corner from the wind and whatnot, and that's just where it catches that trees are starting to grow out of the dirt. I mean, it is unbelievable some of the stuff that you see. And if people would just pay attention to their roof, again, twice a year, once a year, these things would be so, you know, forgivable and they would have been taken care of long before. It's something that I... I will probably mention again before we are done talking, but preventative maintenance. I mean, you think about in your life, we are so ingrained that we have to get our teeth cleaned twice a year. What's that? Preventative maintenance. You have to get your oil changed every 5,000 miles. You call the guy to come check your air conditioning at your house twice a year, fall and spring. I mean, these are things that in our lives we always do without question. Why don't we protect the most important asset of our building in our commercial life the same way. I just don't, I just don't understand why people don't do it.
1: Uh, I I wonder, you know, and this is where I'm going to, I'm going to swing this to a completely different direction. So I, I bought a house, right? This is great. About like three days later, the AC unit goes out. So there's $6,000. I'm now looking at my roof and now you're making me terrified. And I know you don't do a lot of things from family roofs, but I haven't had anybody come look at that roof in a year. So I will be de- definitely doing that. Um definitely not calling Aldo if they don't do residential, but I bet you got a somebody for me that we can take care of. I could it. probably recommend. But so let's jump back into Aldo and in the in the culture. You um you do write a lot of blogs and a lot of that it, it talks about family life and how it changes you and and how, you know, you have a very high level of gratitude. Obviously working for a family-owned company and I th- I think it's important. I think it's special. I think it's cool to be uh, sitting at the table and, and you get to come up with ideas that could potentially be implemented that literally change the direction of that business. So tell me a little bit about the actual culture of Aldo. How many employees do you guys have? And then run into kind of the gratitude aspect of now being there four years and being like, wow, I'm actually part of something that's bigger than just a job. Yeah. Tell me about that. That's where I want to want to go.
0: Um no, it's great, and, and that's probably one of the things that I have appreciated uh, more than I thought I ever would, right? And um, yeah, I enjoy the aspect of writing the blogs and all that stuff, but it all starts with the president of the company, Bob. Bob uh, is possibly, no, I won't even say possibly. He is hands down the best person I've ever worked for. He 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 cares about us as individuals. He cares about us as a team, and he really sets the example and has an uncanny ability to stay above the fold. There've been plenty of times as a sales guy where I will call him and I am just fuming about something. Cause I obviously have to have some reservations when it comes to talking to my clients. So I'm just fuming about something and he always has the ability to kind of turn it and just keep the calmer head. And And it's unbelievable. And um, as for the culture the best example I can give you is, uh, about who he is and the company that he runs is I was out of town one time on a trip and my wife sends me a text message, uh, with an image and it's a, it's an image of a, of a thank you note that he had sent to her, thanking her for her commitment to my family. And I'm going to get teared up. I apologize because of how much I have to travel during the week. And gave her a gift card to the Valentine Resort for for a for a massage. I mean, who does that, mm-hmm. you know? And you know, to me, that is what it's about. That's why we've been successful. That's why we will continue to be successful. And that's why our company is is more than just a company, right? There's ownership there. And um, as for as for the growth, I mean, we've got probably about. Uh, somewhere between 20 and 25 employees. And, uh, and we're adding, you know, we're looking to grow this year. We need, we need more salespeople in the Southeast. Um, we need, um, more, more, uh, production people. We need, you know, batch makers and, and, you know, the, because of the business growth, we obviously need to to have the infrastructure behind it to support it. So, um, again, great company to work for. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I, I, you're right. You know, I, and in my four years, I feel um, a sense of allegiance, you know, because it's it's not all about the money. And uh, but, you know, we are paid well. And, um, you know, but but he is, like I said, one of the most uh, thoughtful, uh, caring individuals I've ever worked for.
1: Man, that's powerful. And I appreciate you opening up about that. I mean, I think that right there is a really cool story um, that I think will attract people to want to work for you right? Um, like I said, I, I'm not going to go back and, and tell Scott how great he is, but the same thing, he does a lot of things that are like that. And he really understands family time. I'm a new father. I have a 10 month old, right? Like things happen. Um, and it's really neat to know that my boss appreciates the family aspect of it and appreciates that if th- something needs to happen, there's no questions. It's family first. And I think that's so awesome to work for a company, a private company like yourself and, and that, that give that gratitude. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing that story. Now, I want to jump into a little bit about doing some business in the Carolinas, so you you have a vibrant personality, right? I feel like we could have conversations for five hours. Um, tell me, what is it like doing business in Charlotte? You've seen a lot of growth. You guys obviously do business all over the country, but what is so important in Charlotte? Why has the company stayed here? And what do you think really makes business in Carolina a really fun place to be?
0: Uh, lo- well, logistically, uh, we have stayed here because you know Charlotte is a is a, just a good position on the Eastern Seaboard. We can get Material basically anywhere east of the Mississippi within two days. You know, we're we're a, we're a company that sells direct to contractors, so we do not go into distribution. So it's important that we have that accessibility and the ability to get them product when they need it. Um, so that's the biggest reason I think. Yeah, obviously, it was founded in Kannapolis, and we we just moved into a new facility in Salisbury uh, a year ago. And you know, we we like to say and joke about we were in a, a shoebox of a facility. I mean, it was a tiny little facility. It was amazing how much production we actually were able to to get out the door in that facility. But now we're in you know a facility that's about 35,000 square feet and we got about three and a half acres. So we have room to expand and we're in a really good spot, You know, about a mile off of 85 up in Salisbury. And um, that alone has kind of given us the ability to, to stretch and, and have a broader reach. Um, as for doing business in the Carolinas, I mean, I'm a Carolina boy born and bred. I was born in Durham went to Appalachian state. And, you know, I love North Carolina because it's a seasonal state. You know, sometimes that happens in a week, but, but, <laughs> but, but <more>. <laughs> sorry, that cracked me up, man. I mean, it was 80 degrees, then
1: snowing. I don't even know what's going on this winter,
0: but, um, but you know, we we do have the seasons and the ebbs and the flows and, and I've always enjoyed that on a personal level. Um, but with business it obviously brings some challenges in what we do because, because we rely heavily on the weather. Um, part of the reason that we are looking for for staff in Florida is obviously our business is growing down there, but that is almost a non-seasonal business. I mean, that is almost a year round um, state and, you know, everybody wants to be there. The competition's that much higher. And that's a place that we've designated that we need to grow our brand down there too. So, so that's uh. but the Carolinas, I love it. I mean, you're never going to convince me that uh, the people are, are any better than, than, than the Carolinas. Um, I think that's evident from a lot of people moving down this way. If you want to have four seasons, you can actually, you know, enjoy them. You know, it does get hot in the summer, but never too hot. You know, it does get cold in the winter, but never too cold. And then, you know, the spring and the fall are amazing. As long as your allergies aren't too bad. Do you ever f- foresee
2: yourself going into retail with your products?
0: Um, I, not with our Aldo brand. Um, we you know, we really hold that to a um, a high regard because we enjoy the ability to um, control who we work with. And we have a team of approved applicators that um, we work very well with. And, we, you know, we're always looking to sign more up, but we, we don't want to sell to every chuck in a truck, right? Because once you start doing that, you start to... Um, to to, to mess with the integrity of your brand, right? Because now we're relying heavily on, well, we always rely heavily on the applicator. 95% of the success rate of what we do is based on the guy putting it down, right? so 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 you really have to educate these folks. Exactly, and they have to be educated, and it's all about their workmanship. Um, You know, we have quality control procedures in place that material can't leave our facility unless it meets certain standards. So very rarely, it does happen, but very rarely is it a material issue. So it's it's 95 or higher percent of, on who does it. So as soon as you go into a distribution type, you lose all of that control on one end. The other end is we're at an accessory item when it comes to these distribution roofing houses. I mean they're big ticket items or the new buildings, shingles, Rollable goods, you know these big membranes for these new buildings, and you know coatings becomes an accessory item, and because of that, the attention's not there, so you know the guys might be selling it in the field as an accessory item, but on operational level, you know the quality of the product is about how fresh it is, just like anything so if there's a born on date and they're not rotating the product well enough, then you know the product can be integ- you know can be uh, messed with as well so the integrity of the product could, could go away as well. So, so no, not with that brand. Now we have discussed building another brand, right? Because we make all of the products. We have the, the ability to do that. We could possibly come up with a secondary brand and we could either do it heck through Amazon uh, or into a distribution market for sure. Man, that's really awesome.
1: And, um, as we kind of close this up, I, w- I want to definitely know how people can get in touch with you. Um, obviously since you're looking for new employers as well, uh, another way to get in touch with you if, if, they are interested in working with this organization, but tell us a little bit about that. And, uh, and then in closing, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It's yeah. been fantastic. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys. And, and, uh, and I really am proud of you guys too. And I've known Scott for a long time. Y'all, y'all have really done something well, and I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, if anybody's interested in working for us, the email address. Please send your resume, uh, what you'd be interested in, to career at Aldo Products, and that's with an s dot com. A l d o p r o d u c t s dot com. And uh, and yeah, we would love to to entertain that, and we are looking to grow and have and have um, you know good teammates to do that. So please, please send your information.
1: Well, thank you, Josh, so much, man. I I learned a lot, and thank you for opening up and and really. I think learning about Bob and, and really understanding how, how much he means to you and your family is, is passionate. It's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a thing I think everybody needs in their life to have a leader um, that's outside of your family that you look up to and, and, a lot of times I can be who you work for. So it's neat that that kind of comes together. So I think you're going to do great things. Uh, we look forward to following the uh, the Aldo you know, brand. And uh, if, if you want to work for, for Aldo, hit them up at careeraldoproducts.com. And Josh, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Josh.
0: You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstongroup.com.